Hey, let's get into the other news topics that really hit yesterday with someone smarter that, uh, than us that can help us explain all of this. This is probably the quickest we've had a guest back, but we're chatting and we're like, it's got to be Evan. Evan Drellick from The Athletic back with us. Evan, good to see you. I think, you know, yes, I'll, I'll just say it for AJ. He misses the stash. So I get AJ's, AJ's uh, comment of the day out of the way. But... Um, we were following everything from you over the past, you know, day or so tons of, uh, I would say comments to, um, talk about with the commissioner. So, Hmm, where do we want to start? Let's start with television. So I saw you tweet today about the guardians, the Rangers and the twins is the reason that they don't want to kind of let anything out about those teams for negotiating future TV deals or because they don't want fans to know that um, they're not doing much at the moment and they actually are doing just fine financially. Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit of both. There's always this protectionism around the actual terms of the deal. Usually when they get out, it's not because the team simply announces it. It's because there's some sort of on background off the record. Here's what it actually is. It, 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 isn't as though we don't usually find these things out and it'll be interesting to find out or see whether we do actually get these numbers here. But the one year deals for the twins, the Rangers and the guardians, we don't know exactly how much money they're making. I did report before that it's no more than a 15% reduction for the Rangers and guardians. I'm not sure what the twins number is, but yeah, the other part of it is MLB probably would prefer to people don't know how much money is coming into teams. That's generally information that's, you know, a partial picture at best. Could that help the game? Could it help the game to let the fans know how much? Because it seems like it's a hot topic when we talk about players' contracts. Would it be? Would it help the game if we just, hey, you know what? They are making $66 million this year from just their RSN. Oh, 100%. It's always been an imbalance in terms of the understanding of the game that the public and fans have. You know what the players make. That information always gets out. Uh, you know, 100% of the time, we're going to find out even if the team doesn't announce it, and it's pretty rare. Sometimes you will see a team say the player's going to make X dollars, but you never hear what the owners are making. You never actually get that specificity around the, all the revenue streams that the teams have. A little bit comes out here and there. Sometimes it's in court records. Uh, during the lockout, some stuff got out as the sides were negotiating, but you never get that full picture uh, it's a little bit like uh, the, kind of the Taylor Swift argument with all the airline miles she's logging. Yeah, all right. So we know how many miles she's logging, but when you look at the list of other people, you know, it, it, you got to have the context around it. X players <laughs> making three hundred million dollars over the life of a contract. How many millions or hundreds of millions is an owner going to make over the life of his ownership of the team or her ownership of the team? Y you just need that context, and you rarely get it. That's good. A little Swifty tie-in. I like that. Very festive for the weekend. Uh, all right, let's go to ballparks. So where do we begin? I mean, there was actually a lot there from the Rays to the White Sox to, of course, the whole A's fiasco. What stood out to you about uh, Commissioner Manfred bringing up many ballpark situations going on around the sport? Yeah, and I should mention on the TV front, you know, specifically from Manfred, uh, we are we got the news that he intends to launch some sort of half league streaming package for, for 2025, whether you can pull that off, we'll see, but he had never that I remember 
put a date around launching some sort of MLB national streaming package, even if it would be uh, half of the teams. You well, know, wait, Evan, for- before you get to the ballparks, actually, that reminded me. So let me just follow up on that for a moment. Yeah. What did you think of that part? Because he almost made it like it's mandatory that they get at least half the teams in the league. That must be something that they've reviewed internally with strategy. And maybe they're even hearing from partners that they're trying to eventually package it to and sell it off to because they're like, we need at least half the league. I'm like, do you like if you have 10 teams in a streaming package, you don't think people would buy that? Yeah, it it sounded quite definitive. I mean, the way I had phrased it, he kind of came back with it. It's not about want. It's not about could. It's about need. So somewhere they've decided whether that's information from places like Amazon or Peacock or Apple or just their own internal research that, yeah, they need to have the number he said was 14. So you're talking roughly half the league to do it. And, you know, otherwise, I think it would be kind of weird and confusing where you're offering I don't know, a quarter of the league. It's it, it's kind of a strange messaging for fans. The idea is to get as many teams in as you can and then keep it growing. And the, the real question is long term, will they be able to get the biggest name teams in there? Will, will you get the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Cubs, the Dodgers? the teams that make by far the most money, can you strike a deal to convince them that they should be a part of this? Because they're essentially at that stage giving a cut to other teams. Uh, so it's going to be a very tricky negotiation. But if you have you know half the league and maybe you have the, the Braves in there, maybe you have the Cardinals in there, those are two teams that are with Diamond right now. You know, you, you, you need some prominent teams. You, you can't sell a package, no offense, on the Marlins, the Twins, the pie, whatever you, you, you need some of the big boys in there to make it work. Okay. There's, there's no way the Dodgers, the Mets, the Red Sox, the Yankees are giving it up because they have their own networks. They do what they want and they make their money hand over fist. That's one of the big problems. You know, when MLB wants to centralize, this is what basically what they're trying to do is centralize it and get all the money. And then they'll just pay it out equally. If I'm the Dodgers owner, if I'm the Ricketts family with the Cubs, if I'm Cohen in the Mets, if I'm Steinbrenner in the Yankees, I'm like, dude, fuck off. Like, we're making way more on our own. So there's no way. How does Manfred even think this is a possibility? Because there's no way this will happen. Yeah, and look, I've heard basically that same response uh, from people on, on that side of the fence, on the, on the big market side, that it, no chance it's not going to happen. I, I think there are a couple things, though, to consider. One it is definitely better for the game if you can have an access point that's universal or close to universal. Um, you know, I'm in New York, can't watch the Mets, the Yankees, or MLB Network because I have YouTube TV. It, it is a ridiculous state of affairs, and you do want as many people to be able to watch the game so that you can grow the game. That There's a real grow-the-game component there. I asked Manfred last year, right around the start of the year, whether it would be possible for some sort of owner vote to compel everybody to put in your TV rights. Basically, you know, I don't know, 75% of the owners get together and say, we're doing this. Could they override those large market owners? Manfred didn't give me an answer, but what, what I, he didn't want to give me the legal answer, and I understand why. Uh, but basically, he said, if this is going to happen, it's going to have to be done through cooperation. I think the reason for that is, if they tried to force it, you'd have lawsuits till the end of time. You know, if, if the Yankees said, you're stealing something of true and large value from me, they will sue the commissioner's office and it will be, I mean, a beautiful affair in terms of the, the publicly available court records, but it would be ugly and messy and they're not going to want to do it. Um, I think there's a way that you could pay out the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Dodgers more. You know, you could imagine some sort of equation that values those teams above, I don't know, the Marlins. Um, 
whether MLB as a collective, really it's just the 30 teams together have the money to do that, whether they could actually get to that agreement. I think you're right. I think there's real reason to be skeptical of it. And, you know, so it becomes a question of, can you get a couple of them? Could you get one of them? Um, or are you trying to put together a package that's just everybody else? And, and that's going to be a hard package to sell for a lot of money. So does this take the big bugaboo word of blackouts off the page? Or is that what you're talking about with the legal? Because you said in your article about how it takes it will take so long and so much legal litigation to end blackouts that is it not foreseeable in our lifetime? So this in-market package, this, this, what Manfred said he wants to try to introduce for 2025, that effectively ends a form of blackouts. Blackouts can mean many things, but you know, take MLB.tv. If, if you are in New York and you want to watch the Mets or the Yankees, you can't do it on MLB TV. That it, it, in market is really the big issue. And you have places where um, you know, some people can't get the RSN. Like you know, the cable provider doesn't carry your team's RSN. Yet you live in that team's territory. And because you're in that team's territory, you're out of luck. There's, there's, you can't go to MLB.tv. So the idea of creating some sort of streaming option where it doesn't actually matter where you are, simply you've paid a certain amount of money, you have access to the package, and that's it, that's really the, the golden nugget here. And I think that is reason to be encouraged. So yeah, they can get to a point where they end the blackout, um, but it, it's all about every team's individual contract. There's nothing MLB can do overnight and wave a wand and say, blackouts are over. You need all the deals that are in place now between the teams and the RSNs to expire. And then you can put in new terms that loosen the exclusivity and say, okay, you're broadcasting on TV, but we can also stream it. You're doing both at the same time. And the deals that exist right now largely forbid that. Okay, let's take you back to, sorry, I didn't know if they had anything else on TV, but I, I, let's, let's go to ballparks because I do want to spend a few minutes on that. So um, let's rewrap my question uh, of those three, four ballpark situations that were addressed. What stood out to you was anything kind of newsy. We caught your tweet right at the end of our show, although obviously there was there were more quotes. So initially I was like, is the league kind of pissed with the A's? But what I read, Evan, from some of the quotes in your story in The Athletic, it actually sounded like there was more of a sense of urgency and um, an uncomfortable feeling with the league on Tampa Bay. He's like, yeah, we well, got to get that going. You know, it was something like, let's go. And with Oakland, it was like, yeah, we need to. But then he also kind of praised John Fisher because we know he's sensitive. John is. <laughs> yeah, it, the the Rays question was the last question. I think Rob at that point um, probably had uh, enough questions that he, you know, there were enough hard questions that he maybe uh, was just being a little more direct at that point, but he was, he, he was a little harsher on the Rays situations in basically saying we got to get the shovel in the ground. And, and that's like that Rays thing has dragged on uh, for, you know, X number of years in a very similar way uh, that the A's have. He wasn't as strong in terms of his level of criticism of the A's. It was, his answer was interesting. And I'm actually still thinking about it. it, it he was asked, um, basically, how's it going and, and level of disappointment that would be around uh, not opening in time in 28. And, and he said he would be disappointed, but it wasn't clear whether he was saying 
he thinks that they're in danger of it. But I, I think simply by making that comment, you're you're kind of putting some pressure on the A's uh, that hey, like let's go. I will be disappointed if if this doesn't quite work out. You know, and he didn't give any specificity around the interim sites where they're going to play 25, 26, 27. Um, as I understand it, Salt Lake City and Sacramento remain the front runners there. There's a TV money element there. If you move away from the Bay Area, and I'm not sure the exact specifics, but you know, you're being paid in a in a local market. You know, if you're going to Salt Lake City, I don't think NBC Sports Bay Area is going to want to you know broadcast you, or certainly not at the same rate. Um, so the A's thing just continues to be kind of a mess and a headache. You had a lawsuit this week filed by a teacher's union in Nevada. You had the mayor in Las Vegas who technically doesn't govern the strip, but still is the mayor of Las Vegas, the city proper, uh, saying, yeah, we, we think they should stay. It's just like every other day, there's some sort of problem or, or new kind of eye roll thing with the A's situation. And yeah, I, I, I think MLB realizes that, but whether they're going to come out and say that. But, you know, no one paying attention can't see how kind of silly and absurd this process has been. Kratz. Could they, could they Wait, be a barnstormer? Barnstormer type of team? Could they Wait, be Kratz. Just... B- B- Evan, before you answer that question, too, can you can you just tell the, the crowd that's going to listen to this at some point what it says on the screen? <laughs> Don't play <laughs> yeah, yeah Rob, Rob. So so the question was, where you know, where, where are you going to play? Um, and he was talking about scheduling and like, like we know it's going to be someplace in the West, but there are differences between different places in the West, uh, cause they have to make the 25 schedule th- this year. You know, it's, it's not like they, they decide in January of 25, what 25 is going to look like in terms of, you know, the, the A's play the Mariners on May 3rd, like they know that this year. And so they've got to get some finality around that. And, and the barnstorming question I don't get that sense. None of the conversations I've had have, have kind of led that to being likely um, or, you know, it just hasn't been brought up a lot in, in the conversations I've had. I, I can't tell you it's necessarily been ruled out, but I think that would be strange. I think it'd be hard for creating TV revenue. I don't know that the union, you know, as a player, uh, would you guys like that? I, you know, probably not. Hi. I didn't. I didn't spend more than a year on a team anyway, so I was always changing <laughs> cities. So, if you get a shot of being in the big leagues, AJ would not have put up with it. And AJ right. runs the union. AJ and his people, his <laughs> ten year, his ten year people. It's it's a that's all the union is is a it's a group of it's a group of people who have gotten ten years in the big leagues, governing ninety three percent of people who have less than a year in the big leagues. <laughs> That is so not true. The <laughs> first part's so, true, though. The first so part's true. true. AJ, you'd be which, pissed which if you part? had to play all your games on the road. Oh, I'd be so pissed. I'd be yeah, like, you'd be so pissed. Doing? Of course I'd be pissed. Yeah. No team, no no player deserves not to have a home base. Are you kidding me? I that, saw it. No, that's just not right. And and I said this earlier. If I was the Players Association, I'd tell Rob Manfred and, and Fisher to F off because you know what? Figure it out. Figure it out. You've known this was coming. Figure it out. And, okay, you're going to put them in Salt Lake. Okay, fine. You're going to have to redo the whole ballpark. I played in Salt Lake when the new ballpark opened. That was <laughs> how many ever, 25 years ago it opened, right? You're going to have to redo that. You want to Sacramento? You're going to have to redo that ballpark. That's just more money, right? You don't want to stay in Oakland because you hate the ballpark there, but you're also giving up all that big TV revenue. 
it's just a mess the way this whole thing was handled. Oh, you want to move to Summerlin where the AAA is? Okay, great, cool. You got to redo that ballpark. So you're building two ballparks in Las Vegas. So this whole thing is just, to me, has just been handled so piss poorly from the get-go. And now, you know, people in Vegas, again, they don't want them. When the mayor comes out and says, you know, Rob Manfred, of course, is going to say, oh, well, the people we've talked to, of course they won't. Yeah, they're telling you that, Rob, because they just want a major league team, right? Those are the the people you talk to on the street. I guarantee if you, if, if Evan Drellick took a camera to Las Vegas for Super Bowl this week and said, what do you think about the A's? Are you a local? They'd be like, we don't care. Yeah, it, I agree with you. If you step back and look at how this is all unfolded, if you were to tell somebody a few years ago the different things that are taking place now, you know, with, with the mayor of Oakland continuously going after John Fisher and, and Rob Manfred, the mayor in Las Vegas now, the, the lawsuit, the, the teachers union, the idea of a team not having a normal major league stadium home for three years, it's nuts. It, 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 and I, I'm speculating here, but I, but recent days I'm thinking about it. You know, how, how do you get to this point? Clearly they got fed up with Oakland and, and the process that was going on there. And they got aggressive and said, you know what? Screw them. We're, we're going to move. We're going to do something. We're going you know, to make the leverage play. Um, we're going to be bold here. But, and this is a trend we've seen in MLB over time, there hasn't been a lot of foresight with this. If there was foresight with this, I can't imagine it unfolds quite this way. And there, you know, there wasn't foresight with the playing rules. They waited until the game got too slow and, and you had a real problem to deal with it. There wasn't foresight with the RSN situation, with the blackouts. Why? Because there was a gravy train of money coming in from the exclusivity. You know, baseball and a lot of institutions, not just baseball, Foresight has often been a problem, and it's hard to predict the future. It's hard for leaders to really see what's coming, but that's what happened here. They moved, and now they're trying to figure out everything that comes after it, Uh, and it's, you know, this is the fallout. You are so good at getting in-depth investigation things. Have you heard anything from other owners that have common sense that are pissed about this situation, that are like seeing how this could really drag down their franchise or the entire game of baseball? Yeah, you know, the 30 owners, you're going to get maybe close to 30 opinions. These are not people who are typically shy and they're not shy internally. Typically, a lot of that doesn't come out. You know, they're they're pretty tight-lipped and I think even more so than you go back 20, 30 years, they're not talking to the media not talking to the public a lot, but sure. I've talked to ownership level people who uh, have their doubts. You know, if you go back to November when the move got approved, that there was a report that MLB's committee authored. And by that committee, I mean, there's a few owners at the top of the committee and then there are lawyers and people inside the commissioner's office who really put together the nuts and bolts of, of the thing, of the report. And one of the things about the report was, um, you know, you're relying a lot on tourism. Well, that's a risk. You know, this is a really small media market. Uh, and when you're relying on tourism, you know, people might not show up and you might need a really good team to draw in those people. Um, I think people know it's a risk. It, it, it is a gamble. I, I think even uh, Dave Caval, the A's, the, the A's president's acknowledged as much. Um, so people know it's a risk, but I think the overriding thing on an ownership level is the money's there. And so, you, you take the risk for the money, and there wasn't a great alternative. The thing they always go back to 
is Oakland wasn't moving in their eyes. It wasn't going to move and they were done with it. So in your mind, is this all occurring from owners these days because they are stronger as a unit and if they remain silent externally, because obviously standing up for what's going on in Oakland and really just with the organization and the branding and the marketing, that's pretty important in the entertainment world. And this is entertainment. You're bringing entertainment to Vegas and the brand is literally um, in my mind right now, kind of shot. I mean, it's the face of the franchise is the owner and the owner's a train wreck in everything going on. So just curious, you know, like I would have a hard time, maybe that's why I'm me, like holding my mouth shut on anything and being like, yep, we voted for this. This guy knows what he's doing because he's embarrassing them and he's embarrassing the sport. So I know, you know, you're at least around these situations and around the commissioner. Do you even sense like in the facial expressions that at times it's hard for them to kind of cover up what's going on here? You know, it's a big country club. It's a big, tight um, fraternity. You know, it it, it, it it very exclusive. And I think it would have to be really extreme these days for them to break ranks and turn on each other publicly in that way. I mean, I'm trying to think over time, when did that happen? I mean, if you go back 20 years in the Steinbrenner era, there, there were more people who were willing to kind of turn their swords publicly um, on him. And, you know, I remember last year there was a comment from Dick Monfort, the Rockies owner, who's also the, the head of the, uh, the labor committee, um, uh, kind of taking the Padres to task, or at least casting a bit of a skeptical eye toward the Padres spending, you know, money is always the thing. And I think probably the bottom line for most of these owners is the A's are getting the money and they're getting somewhere to some sort of theoretically a resolution. So, well, I think there is levels of dissent. I don't think we've hit those levels of dissent where you really have this growing coalition of owners, or at least I don't know. It, it, you know, I don't have any evidence to this point that there's like six or seven or eight owners that are getting together and are plotting some sort of uh, halting action here. And I think you would only see that kind of thing in a really extreme scenario. These are, they're billionaires. They run uh, uh, businesses or, or some of them have inherited the money, but you know, they're used to keeping things in house. It's something that they've, that a lot of them have done for their whole lives. Yeah. And I think some are separating themselves from the pack exactly for what you're talking about. If, if you're, you know, in a family and you're not qualified to <laughs> run a franchise or you're just not as good at business, like we're seeing with someone like John Fisher could be a problem. I've heard from my little circles that he's having trouble raising money, which is a whole nother <laughs> world of its own too, which could cause a problem. Yes. Kratz. Well, can you imagine if he calls anyone right now for money? Um, if they know him, I have to imagine there's a bad rep. If they don't know him and they type his name into Google, have fun. <laughs> I can come up with a lot of other shit that you should invest in before you give that guy money. But anyway, I can go all day. Evan, thank you for the time. Great to have you back on to kind of rehash everything that was said by the commission yesterday. Appreciate you, man. Thanks boys. Thank you. Evan Drelick from the athletic. What? What? He's call, gone. Call me. Call me. I'll put some money in the A's cause you know, it's just going to go up. Yeah, I mean that's I mean, that's what I was gonna say. If you're investing I mean, in you me, him, bro, do you trust him? I trust, I trust him that if he gives me a piece of the A's, the value is gonna go up no matter what. He's not losing money. Come on, Scott, you have said that sixty-three times. I know that seventy-six. So I'll invest in the team. What do you want? I'll give you like I'll give you like twenty bucks. 
He's like, you, you, you sign something and then you realize that you actually like signed something else. Like, you know how some of the mascots <laughs> do that where they're like, oh, sign this for me. And then they're like, oh, that was a $300 million check. Manny Wait. Machado or Bryce Harper, whatever, right? The mascot that did that. That's how you got your parents' signature on certain permission forms in high school, Scott? Yeah. Uh, or you just write their signature. Sue me. <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> Don't do that. This is a family show, okay? Don't fucking do that.